0: Good morning Real Life family and friends and if you're visiting with us I'm Tim, pastor here at Real Life in Montrose and excited to be with you today and we are starting a new series Uh, And the series is called Live a Better Life. And before I get into that, I just want to do a couple of announcements for you, for our church family, just so that you're up to date on what's going on. Uh, First of all, Cindy Mendoza is going to be coming and visiting our, our ladies and spending some time with them on November 11th at 630. It's a Thursday night. Hopefully you can come out and get connected with Cindy. She does a great work in Africa, and we've been sponsoring and supporting her uh, work over the last few years called Cindy's Hope. Also, uh, we have a, we're have we going to be putting on a teacher's luncheon for all of our teachers here in Montrose, for all of the school buildings, for the entire school district. And we're partnering with all the other local churches. And if you'd like to make some soup or be a part of that process, just call the church offices. That's going to be taking place um, uh, in a week. And so we need some help to just make soup, to make bread, to put together that. So if you're interested in helping with Our teachers' luncheon. Call the church office to get more information that way. And then finally, I just want to invite you if you are desiring to follow the Lord Jesus with your life, and you would like to get water baptized, we are going to have some water baptisms on our Sunday morning service, November 28th. That's Thanksgiving weekend. And on November 21st, on that Sunday after church services, we're going to be having a water baptism class. And I want you to have everything that God wants for your life. And water baptism is a is just another great step of faith to just uh, walk into a full new life in god and it symbolizes our dying to the old nature our dying to our old sin being set free from the bondage coming up into a new life uh, empowered by the holy spirit to live the life that god made possible for us to live through the redemption of his son, Jesus Christ. And so, uh, if you've been sprinkled in the past or if you've been uh, dedicated but not baptized, you know, I'd encourage you to consider being water baptized, especially if you're a new believer, this is your next step. So, call the church office uh, so we can know that you're interested in doing this. You can sign up, uh, just giving us a call, uh, and then we'll, we'll celebrate with you on November 28th, all right? So, let me start with this. We are talking today about live a new story and i don't know about you but um life is crazy it's difficult it's hard and uh, we all have different challenges along the way and i thought it'd be fun to start out this series by thinking about life maybe in a couple of different pictures and see if any of these pictures kind of uh you know reflect your life a little bit all right first of all which picture of the i'm going to give you four pictures which picture do you think best describes your life how about a roller coaster a crazy roller coaster you know life is filled with ups and downs, twists and turns, suddens, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, on a roller coaster, you're excited, sometimes you're afraid, sometimes you're laughing, sometimes your stomach is sick. And in life, uh, sometimes it's just like that, up, down, quick turns, sudden, sudden surprises. And uh, some of us have experienced life that way. Sometimes we're freaking out, sometimes uh, we're, we're having a great time, sometimes our emotions are up, sometimes they're down. I mean, just in one day, uh, we can ride a whole roller coaster of life experiences. I know in the past I've been in the funeral in the morning, you know, grieving with the family. Uh, just experiencing some of the most difficult emotions a person can experience and later in the afternoon I'm yelling and cheering on my cross-country team and Celebrating you know their accomplishments and then I might go home and find out one of my other kids is struggling with something else and uh, Maybe there's someone from the church that uh, is struggling with something and, and it's just up and down and turns and and that's how life can be right? How about this picture a hamster wheel this one? I relate to a lot and it's just running as fast as you can, running nonstop and not getting anywhere. Sometimes life feels like we are just in such a hurry and it's just one thing after another after another and the to-do list never stops and we're just running and running and, and uh, you know, just, and if we stop, we get thrown off the wheel, you know, and uh, some of us can relate to that kind of life. Like this is what life feels like to us. There's just never a break. And sometimes between you know, the hustle and the bustle of taking kids to practice or running to the grocery store or getting your chores done at home or finishing your, your job and keeping up with things, sometimes when we lay down at bed and, or if we're in between you know, carpooling events, sometimes our minds go, well, is this what life is all about? Is this it? Is this it? I'm just exhausted. I am tired. Some of us would say, yeah, that, that kind of relates to me. How about this one? How about sand dune climbing? Two steps forward, you know, one step back. Climbing, hard, back-breaking, effort, all the time. Life is just hard. It seems like it's always an uphill battle. And as you're climbing, as you're struggling through life, it just seems you keep sliding back down and you go up a little bit and slide back down and it's just a fight. It's a brutal fight. You know, every year I take my cross-country team uh, to Wilderness State Park up in the northern western part of Lake Michigan, and we run up the sand dunes. Well, actually, I should say we start to run up the sand dunes. And about halfway up, then everyone starts walking. And then about the last third, they start crawling, hands and and feet, you know, like bear crawling, trying to get up the sand dune, because it's so hard and so difficult. And some of you would say, that's kind of what I feel like life is like. And then this fourth one, is maybe more kind of uh, relatable in the last two years, and it's a bunker hideout. Some of us feel like life is about trying to survive, doing what needs to be done, you know, just to survive, hunkering down, protecting ourselves, our families, uh, trying to avoid danger, trying to avoid problems, and uh, you know, we're we're filled with fear or trepidation, and we're reserved, right? We're 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 contained. And uh, that that might be how you feel your life has been like, especially maybe in just the last year or two. Now, what if there is a way to live a better story, though, than just a crazy up-and-down emotional roller coaster, or the run-as-fast-as-you-can-and-get-nowhere hamster wheel, or the arduous two-steps uphill, one-step-backwards climb up a sand dune, or just hiding from danger in a bunker and trying to survive? What if that you and I could have a stabilizing force in our life through the ups and downs and the turns and twists in life that keeps us steady? What if we could have that? What if you actually had a journey that took you somewhere, that made sense instead of just pointless activity of just hurrying and hurrying and hurrying? What if your progress was steady and your purpose was clear and it wasn't just trying to get to the top of a this hard mountain of sand. What if your life had an eternal security and faith, not fear, dictated your life choices? And so that's what I want to talk about today. Is like, how do we live a better story? Because this is really the purpose of real life, is to communicate to you and to the world there is a possibility for you to live a better story. And at Real Life, we have four basic huge you know, steps that we see make this possible. And I just want to go through that with you today. And then uh, in this series, we're going to be talking about um, some some of the core values that we see as a thread to all of this, which is love, which is love. But let's start with number one. Step number one, and I'm going to write these up here for you, is knowing God. And so the first part of living a better story is knowing God. And we believe that knowing God is not this Cognitive mindset thing. It's not a religious uh, effort, but it is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And our action is Sunday mornings. On Sunday mornings, we seek to encounter the presence of God and grow in our relationship with Jesus. And I, every Sunday morning, the idea is for those who are coming and gathering together, I invite people, and today I invite you to make Jesus the Lord of your life. This is where everything begins for a life that can be lived better, right? Because we can be set free from sin, we can be forgiven, and we can be eternally welcomed into the family of God through a relationship with Jesus. Here at Real Life, we believe that this is all about a relationship with Jesus. This is not about a religion to follow. And I invite you to know God, to know Jesus, to make Him the Lord and Savior of your life. John five thirty nine to 40 Jesus says to the, his listeners and to the Pharisees and those who are really adept at religion, he said this to them who are really seeking salvation through religion, not a relationship. He said, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. You think that through the scriptures and through your religious activities, you will earn or find eternal life. But then he says, these are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Okay, did you hear that? Come to me to have life. This is the message of the gospel, is we come to God. We come into a relationship with Jesus. That's where our life is, not in following a religion, but having a relationship. Jesus also says to us in Matthew 11:28, "Come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest." 1 John 5:12 says, "Whoever has the son has life." Whoever has this relationship with Jesus, has life. Notice it doesn't say whoever follows all the rules, whoever is the best at at keeping the religion, gets life. No, no. Whoever has a relationship with Jesus has eternal life. That's the offer of the gospel. So, how does Sunday services help us to know God or to better Uh, develop our relationship with Jesus. Number one, I want to share with you that worship draws us into the presence of God and it opens our heart for Jesus to actually minister to us. Sunday mornings is our main uh, action point of knowing God. So I invite you to make Sunday mornings a priority in your life because this is not just about religion or coming to church This is about growing in our relationship with Jesus. And the first benefit is that worship draws us into the presence of God. It opens our heart, softens our heart, so we can receive from Jesus. He will minister to us. Psalm 1611 says, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. There are so many blessings in the presence of God when we come into the presence of God through worship on Sunday mornings that that the Spirit of God comes upon us and He speaks to us and He fills us with joy and He ministers healing to us and He lifts us and He gives us revelation and we just have this encounter with God. Okay. The second reason that Sunday services help our relationship with Jesus is because the Word of God it's preached, like I'm doing right now, and that Word equips us, heals us, shapes us, and restores us into the image of Jesus. The Word of God changes us. It transforms us. And so on Sunday mornings, we're not just worshiping, but we are receiving the Word from God as the Spirit leads us, and it changes us, it heals us. It, uh, it encourages us, equips us, right? The scripture saying in 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17, that all scripture is from God's breath. It's God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that you may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So that you have everything that you need for your marriage, for your parenting, for your influence in society, for your your future, for all of your needs, God wants to equip you, and He does that through His Spirit and through His Word and through this His people. Okay. And thirdly, uh, Sunday service helps your relation with Jesus because you are edified, encouraged from the gifts of the Holy Spirit that flows through others. Okay. First Corinthians twelve seven says, "Now to each one of us the manifestation of the Spirit is given." for the common good that means when we come together on Sunday mornings to know Jesus better Jesus' spirit is moving in his people and the gifts of the spirit are flowing through one another for one another and when you're here in the context of this uh, holy time that God has called us to gather to worship him when you're here you receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit from others around you when you're not here you miss out on those gifts. It's that simple. And so, Jesus is pouring out His Spirit upon His people, giving us gifts and words of wisdom and encouragement and, and building and edifying one another up so that we are strengthened together. And no one is meant to be alone. This is a community of faith. We are a family together. And uh, in the Bible, a Hebrew word that, that is used to describe seven different feasts and one of them is the weekly meeting that we have together we're calling Sunday Morning is, is a Moedim, which means it is a sacred appointed time with God. That God has made an appointment with us every seven days to meet with Him. It is holy. It is sacred. That's why I challenge you to grow in your relationship with Jesus. We do this best on Sunday mornings together because God has made an appointment to meet with us specifically and in a special way as a whole so make sunday mornings a priority in your life before i go on before i leave this first step because this is the key for all of us is knowing jesus as lord i want to invite you if you're watching this message right now and you haven't declared your faith in jesus as lord and savior i want to take a minute right now to pray with you to get right with god To place your faith in Jesus. He loves you. He died for you so that you could be forgiven. You could be born again. You could have your spirit come alive and you could live the life that God designed for you to live. You were never meant to live on your own, to be your own God, but you were meant to know God's love, to know that relationship with Him. And He is not offering to you a religion to follow. He is offering to you Himself. Jesus says, come to me if you're weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. And if that's your desire, pray this prayer with me right now, okay? Let's just pray. Lord Jesus, say this with me, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me and coming to save me by laying your life down to pay for my debt of sin that I might have your righteousness, your forgiveness, and your life. I place my faith in you today As my Lord and Savior, I'm all yours. Fill me with your Spirit. Transform me into your image. I pray all of this in your name. Thank you for loving me. I love you, Lord. Thank you for saving me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey. It's a great time for you uh, if you just made that prayer to get right with God, and I want to invite you again to come and sign up for our baptism. That's the next step for you to just to solidify your faith in Jesus and get baptized. Okay, so call us on the church uh, at the church office there and uh, let us know you want to get baptized on November twenty eighth. Okay, well the second step here in our process of living a better story is once we know God, once Jesus is our our Lord and Savior, and and we begin to grow in that relationship, that God wants us to find freedom. So I'm going to put this phrase up here, finding freedom is the next step for us in this process. I know that many people watching this video and many people who are here in our fellowship know exactly how life-changing this can be. Finding freedom is about getting healing from our hurts, our hang-ups, and our habits, listen, of a sinful identity of who the world says we are or who our sin has said that we were or who other people have labeled us as. It's healing from that, those wrongs, from hurts that we've done and hurts that have been done against us, hang-ups and habits, of a sinful identity, and it's becoming who we already are in Jesus who are we in Jesus? Once we make Jesus the Lord of our life, we have a new identity, and now we got to go through this process of learning what that new identity really is. It's called freedom, finding freedom. And, you know, sometimes we are so used to our bondage and pain that we don't even know that we're living in bondage and pain. We, we uh, grow accustomed to our, our past and our hurts. We make up, you know... Survival techniques and defense mechanisms so that we can survive. It's normal. It's natural, but it's unhealthy And Jesus wants you to have freedom Not just forgiveness from your sins, but freedom from the effects of those sins upon our lives And that's that's what this church does Really well is offering people the opportunities to find freedom and I believe that the action step and this is best done in the course of community and so we focus on life groups because when we are together you know this process is allowed to happen in the context of relationships and so I want to talk about that redemption includes restoring our soul from sin's effects its transformation and the best way for this to take place right here is not in isolation but in community with people I want to just kind of draw a little arrow here because we're kind of kind of processing here around a circle. We've got four steps. So, how does a life group help you grow into who Jesus is and help you grow out of who you are not? How does that how does that work? Well, I want to talk about relationships. Number one, healthy relationships provide support needed in life. We all go through ups and downs. And Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12 says this, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one there to help them up. We are not meant to be alone, in other words. Also, if two lie down together, they'll keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And so the Bible is saying, you are not meant to be alone. It is not wise to be alone. We need each other. But even in the process of growing into our faith and growing in our relationship with Jesus, we need each other's help. So number one, healthy relationships provide the support that we're just needed in life, right? Number two, healthy relationships are reciprocal. When And you grow when you are needed. So Ephesians 4.16 says, from him from Jesus, the whole body joined and held together, we're in this together, by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. As you do the part that you're meant to do in the context of the community, and everybody else does that, we actually are building each other up. Listen to this again. As each part does its work, what happens? builds itself up in love. The body, you and I, are building ourselves up in love as each of us are doing our part in these relationships. So we need healthy relationships for us to grow, okay? Number three, healthy relationships stimulates growth and challenges errors. There's accountability in healthy relationships. We all have bad days. We all get goofy once in a while. We all make mistakes. We all have a bad attitude once in a while. We all make bad choices once in a while. And before we go too far down those bad choices or that bad attitude or that bad day, if we are surrounded by people and we have healthy relationships in our lives who care about us and love us and we do the same for them, they're not gonna let us go too far down that path, right? There's gonna be correction. There's gonna be, hey, what's going on? Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's, what's happening here? Right, Because it's healthy. Healthy relationships stimulate one another to be better. And it also, healthy relationships, challenge one another when we're in error. Ephesians 4.15 tells us how to have relationships. It says, instead, speaking the truth in love. Not in condemnation, not in guilt, not in manipulation, not in coercion. But speaking the truth in love, we will grow This is how we grow, speaking the truth in love. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Jesus. So to grow in Jesus and to grow and find freedom and to be who God's called us to be and to get out of who he's not called us to be, we need to have relationships in which we are speaking the truth with one another in love. It's not that easy to do, but it is what God has called us to do. And finally, number four, healthy relationships create the safety needed for us to reveal and work on our true self, our real self. It helps us to find the place when we have these healthy relationships to be honest and vulnerable about what's really going on in our hearts. This is a key for us to have freedom, It's honesty and vulnerability. We need to get to the place in our relationships where we finally feel safe to let the curtain down, right? to take the mask off, to be real, to be real with one another. This is where freedom begins, when we can be real with one another. This is what the Bible says in James 5.16, Therefore, confess your sins to each other, and pray for each other, so that you may be healed. Healing comes when we are real with one another about our true insecurities, our true fears, our true hang-ups, our true hurts. The real pain going on the doubts that we have listen that's what we need to do we need to share these thoughts with each other we need to share our hearts with one another so that we can be healed because then we can pray for each other and it says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective and we have an incredibly safe ministry here available on wednesday nights called celebrate recovery on at seven o'clock every wednesday night you have a safe place you can come You can be real. It's confidential. But I also am trying to create this culture in all of our church, in all of our life groups, so we can all be real. We're not trying to do some fake thing here. We're not trying to follow some religion. We are trying to access the truth of who Jesus is and who we are in Him. And we need to be honest and vulnerable and real with one another for that to happen. Because God has freedom on the other side Of your vulnerability and of your honesty and it is a beautiful thing and I encourage you to take that risk to be real and to to develop these kinds of relationships in your life all right the third step and I'm not gonna spend as much time on these last two is discovering purpose discovering purpose means that you see the eternal consequences and the significance of your existence that there is a purpose in life and that God has created you and made you on purpose for a purpose and it is part being part of his story and his kingdom and his eternal kingdom that is at play so discovering how God created you on purpose and for a purpose is part of the process of living a better story. That we're not just trying to get to the end with the most toys. We're not just trying to hide in a bunker and and somehow preserve our life and be safe. We're not just climbing some hill to find out there's actually another hill that's higher than that and always constantly trying to get more achievements. No, 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 there is a divine purpose for your life. And when you discover that, you're going to be living a better story. Everything you do is going to begin to have more significance and meaning and importance to you. And it's something we haven't launched yet, but we are working on something called Growth Track. And so, Growth Track is really kind of our revamped way of uh, helping all of us understand our purpose. And it starts with actually joining. The real life family, because every one of us needs to put our roots down into a spiritual family. So, how does Growth Track help you discover your purpose? It enables you to join the real life family in our vision. And this is what the Bible says in Psalm 92, verses 12 to 13. It says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree, they will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the lord they will flourish in the courts of our god and i believe that every one of us need to be planted in the house of the lord that's where we flourish if we're just hopping around from church to church we're not going to flourish we're not going to have these kinds of depth of relationships where there's accountability and there's structure we're just not going to be able to really serve our purpose out uh, consistently in a ministry if we're just hopping around and trying to do this thing on our own We need to be planted. So I encourage everybody to find a church, a community of believers, that they can can be excited about being a part of the vision of that house, the vision of that particular church. And if you are fired up about real life, then you need to put your roots down because that is part of your purpose. God brings us together for local vision, for local kingdom building, and, and we are all a part of this, and you got to find out where you belong, okay? And so part of our growth track gives you the opportunity to discover who is real life, what are we doing here, what is our vision, and if you're called to be a part of that or not. Again, we haven't launched this yet, but this is coming soon. And until then, if you already have that desire in your heart, I love this church, I'm a part of this church, this is my church, that's great. You just consider yourself part of the family, right? A part of the team. And when this comes out, come on out and join us so that we can get excited about coming together again and just refreshing our commitment to what God has called us to do. But the second part of this is in growth track, it will help you see your unique shape as an individual. Because your purpose is not just a corporate purpose, you know, in real life or in other, another church, but there, there is that corporate purpose, and then there's the unique purpose that God has for each and every one of our individual lives. And we use this across it called SHAPE. SHAPE stands for spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences. And when you look at those five categories of your life, You have a unique calling, you have a unique shape, you have unique spiritual gifts, passions and heart, abilities, personality, experiences that God is going to use to build his kingdom. The Bible says here in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, now you are the body of Christ. You and I, we are the body of Christ, and it says, and each one of you is a part of it. Each one of us is a part of the body. Just looking at my body, I got all kinds of parts, knuckles and fingers and fingernails and ears and eyes and all these things, joints, ligaments, all kinds of organs, all kinds of stuff going on here. And the Bible uses this analogy to say, you're a part of that. I'm a part of that. We are not the same parts, but we are all connected together and we function as a whole with Christ as the head, as our leader, who's, you know, who's. Who's the head, right? Which determines everything. And so we are all submissive to him, but we work together and we all have unique role. And so discovering your shape helps you get fired up about who you are and where you fit best and what your role is, right? 1 Corinthians 12.12 also says, now you are the body of Christ. Oh, that's the same. I didn't, I made a mistake in my notes and that, that verse was repeated. So I'm gonna stick with that. Let's move on to the last step. That I want to talk about. So we have knowing God, developing a relationship with Jesus on Sunday mornings, finding freedom, which we believe is best done in relationships through life groups, and then we have this program we're going to be launching in the future called Growth Track, which will help us uh, determine our purpose, discover our purpose and our uniqueness to that. And the last step is this is where it's really exciting is making a difference. I don't know about you, but I've always wanted to make a difference with my life. And this is part of what we were created to do, is to make a difference. And making a difference for us means impacting eternity. Um, And we do this through our dream team. I want to invite you to be a part of the team. Once you've discovered your unique shape, then you get fired up to actually put your shape into motion. And I'm going to talk about that just very briefly. Serving on the dream team energizes my purpose, but it also impacts people. It's awesome. When I'm doing what I was shaped to do by God, I mean, I I get fired up. I get energized, right? But it also creates fruitfulness around me. And that's what making a difference is all about. Your life matters. You have a unique role that God has for you. And we want to impact others with the love of God. That's what we're doing here. There is an eternal impact that we can have with our lives if we are doing what we are shaped to do, which is super exciting. So how does the Dream Team help you make a difference with your life? Number one, serving and giving is what we were made to do. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork. Uh, master, we are His uh, masterpiece. He has made us with His own hands. It says, Created in Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So God has a plan. He created us to do certain good works for Him. We were made to serve and to give our lives away. That's what we were made to do. 1 Peter 4.10 says each of you, not just pastors, not just elders, not just radical Christians or something, every believer, each of you should use whatever gift that you have received from God." To serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms, okay? So we all have been gifted. We all have a calling from God to give what he has given to us to serve and to love others with. And that is our life and our unique shape there. So that's what the Dream Team helps us do. Number two, the Dream Team helps you make a difference because serving and giving blesses others and it blesses ourselves, 2 Corinthians 9, 10, and 11 says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed, what you can give away, what you can invest, what you can plant, and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness, or what I will say, I'll rephrase what it means so it makes more sense, or will enlarge the fruitfulness of your giving, the fruitfulness of your serving. That's really what this is talking about. You will be enriched in every way, so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And so, the Bible says, as we are giving and investing and serving, God continues to bless us with more so we can have more fruitfulness, that we can be more of an impact on people around us. So, as we serve and as we impact, not only are we blessing the people that we're investing in, because God is in that, it's a good work, not a dead work. It's a God work, not a man work, right? So, people are being touched by what God has put in us to flow out of us, but God continues to bless us at the same time. It's amazing. Okay. Thirdly, uh, how the Dream Team can help you make a difference is that serving others, as we have learned recently, is credited to us as serving Jesus. Wow, that's pretty amazing. In the summary or the main point of the parable of the sheep and goats, which we talked about a few weeks ago in Matthew chapter 25, verse 40, Jesus is telling the story and he summarizes it by saying this The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. That is a sobering reality. When we are serving, God's purposes, and we are given the gifts that God has given us to give to people, He says, you're doing it for me. You're doing it to me. That is amazing. Thirdly, or fourthly, how the Dream Team can help you make a difference is serving in our gifting brings people to Jesus. It changes people's eternal destiny. You say, how does that? How does making soup for the teacher's luncheon uh, bring someone to Jesus? How does uh, cooking hot dogs at our um, light the night, you know, fall event bring people to Jesus? How's me vacuuming the carpet or, or doing this or doing that bring people to Jesus? Listen, it is the domino effect of every one of us doing what God has called us to do that marches people towards Christ. This is how Jesus said it. This is how he said it. Matthew 5 16. I just talked about this last week. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds, what God has called you to do. They will see what God has called you to do, whether it's vacuuming, cooking hot dogs, making some soup, preaching, praying, calling, whatever you're doing that God has called you to do. And when they see that, they will do what? Glorify your father who's in heaven. In other words, when we all do our part, it leads people to Jesus. People are drawn to God. This is amazing. That's why when each of us does our part, it has an eternal impact. It's the domino effect. It's not one domino. It's all the dominoes. And you never know when that last domino is going to be put into place that that causes the whole the whole thing to come to that place where someone accepts Christ as Lord and Savior. So we are called to be faithful to do what God has called us to do, knowing that it is part of a master plan of the master. Isn't that encouraging? So as I close today's message, I want to say in this series, we're going to focus on a sliver of how we can make a difference right now in our church. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about love. We're going to talk about John 13, 34, and Jesus says this, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Because all of this is really about the love of God in us and the love of God flowing out of us. So we're going to be excited about doing some things that we think will make a difference, and we want to invite all of us to be a part of that. And as I close, I just want to give you this final challenge. Live a better story. Don't just live on a roller coaster, climbing a sand dune, or hiding in a bunker. Don't just run on a hamster wheel with no purpose and just get burned out and think that that's what life is about. No, 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 no. Join the journey. Join this journey. These are not religious things. This is how we come alive in Christ. And I invite all of us to live a better story. Let's know Jesus. Let's develop our relationship with Jesus by committing to Sunday mornings. Let's develop these authentic, real relationships with one another so we can get free of some stuff and we can become more like Jesus in in how He wants us to see life. And then let's begin to just make a commitment together that we do have a purpose, a common purpose together at Real Life, and yet each one of us has a unique part to play in that, that literally changes lives and leads people to Jesus as we all do our part. That's what we're all about here at Real Life. I hope this encourages you. I wanna pray a blessing on you today and, uh, and just say, I love you. I'm so excited to be about, uh, about the Father's business with you. I'm so excited to be a part of this family with you and on the same team and in the same family. So now I just wanna pray God's blessing on you. God, as we reflect on this message today, may your holy spirit just quicken in us a fire and a passion to live life the way you designed it to be lived to throw ourselves into this process of living a better life in you to be pursuing you jesus to be developing these relationships with one another, even though it's difficult, it's hard, it's scary. Help us to overcome those barriers so we can not only find freedom, but we can help others around us find that freedom. And God, may we see the vision that you have for our lives, the purpose that you have placed inside of us and our uniqueness in that purpose. And let us run this race with perseverance, making a difference, God, in the way that you designed us to. I pray your blessing on each one here today, Lord, that's listening to this message, They will come alive and be on fire for you in Jesus' name. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace in his name. Amen. Go make a difference in him and through him. Amen. Bless you guys.